Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you are well. It's good to be with you always, always, always. The sun is shining here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It is 19 degrees, but some of you it's below zero and you've got snow and ice. So the sun is out here and it's beautiful. It's beautiful and the sun, S-O-N, is always out. He's always out. He's always here. Always, 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 whether we believe it or not, whether we think it or not. Um, I, I, I'm trying to um, think of a man, I think it was, um, it may have been Frank Sheed, um, a preacher in Hyde Park a couple of centuries ago, and there was a blind man, um, and no, it wasn't Frank Sheed, but it was, a, it was some kind of preacher, um, and he was uh, saying that um, uh, communism, I think it was, um, will put. He, he he saw. Oh, I'm I'm messing up the story. I I can't think of it. But um, uh, communist. He saw a poor old man, and he said, um, communism would put a new suit on that man. I'm thinking of the. Uh, the plea for socialism in our country right now, which is really um, would be the end of our country. But um, uh, communism, he said, would put a new suit on that man. And and the, um, another gentleman, the Christian, got up and he said, Christianity would put a new man in that suit. See, that's the difference. It's just beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um uh, there was another one about someone saying, I, I, I'm blind, I can't see, um, but I know that, um, I know that there's a God. I, I, I should have looked that up. I just thought of it and don't remember half the stories. You know what? I, I'm going to advise all of you, do not get old. Do not get old. What they say, you know, those old wives' tales about losing your memory, it's not true, but it happens. I can't believe it. I, I, I don't, I forget what I thought of two seconds ago. I remember uh, many, many years ago, but I don't remember why I came into the room. It's an amazing thing. I know some of you can relate. It sounds funny when you talk about it. It's not funny when you live it. It's amazing. It's just amazing. So, if uh, uh, one wonderful gentleman uh, sent me an email with a cure for hiccups when I get them to take a little sugar, it, it was just, I just, it's a miracle, that advice. Um, if somebody knows how to restore your memory, um, uh, I, would, I would appreciate it. Only if it's worked for you. Don't give me videos and all that. Only if it's worked for you. Um, uh, I would love to do that. Uh, I think I told you before that I told my eye doctor I want they've she's got to keep my eyes going for 500 years she said 500 years I said yeah I want to live to 500 she said who's going to be around for you to talk to and I said everybody that doesn't know Jesus that's who 
you know what I decided to do? To give us a very different kind of break and talk about wonderful things. Oh, we always talk about wonderful things, except when we talk about some of the news. But um, one of the most, most wonderful things that ever happened to me was St. Francis de Sales. He's a bishop of the uh, 17th century and born uh, in the late 16th century, I forget the exact year, 15-something, died in 1622, and um, and in 1610, along with uh, St. Jane de Chantal, founded the Order of the Visitation um, of Holy Mary. And it's all over the world, and it's where I spent my year's novitiate when I started out on the um, on the road to um, the religious life. Um, and one day I'll tell you my story. One day I was used to, um, in my, in my, uh, my Catholic world, I was on staff with Catholic answers at the time, greatest apologetics, uh, lay apologetics and evangelistic, uh, lay association in the world. That's just my, happens to be my opinion. My opinions are always true by the way. Um, and I was on staff with them, and uh, it would be a habit to spend time in reading and prayer every morning, and so about 15 minutes in reading. And I would always choose a book from my bookshelf. Now, I was Catholic 10 years, I remember that, so it was 2005. Um, so that's um, 2005, that's 16 or so years ago, I have to check my math. Um and I would read, and when I finished a book, I just decided to start on another book, and I would always pick what I felt like, uh, because, no shoulds, because if I really wanted to read something, then I was going to stick with it and read it. And so the only thing I ever wanted to read about was Catholicism and the saints and the virtues and all, that's the only, my only hunger. And so I looked through my bookcases and I found a book that I had borrowed from my brother David, who was Catholic 16 years before me. And a little uh, dog-eared pocketbook. Uh, pocketbook. And, um, and its title was, many of you are going to know this, Introduction to the Devout Life. But of course I had never heard of it. I had heard of St. Francis de Sales because he was such a famous apologist. And he wrote a great number of tracts he single-handedly, by the grace of God, of course, uh, brought back 70,000 Calvinists into the church because it followed the Reformation by 100 years or so. And, um, and they had all left, and so left the Catholic Church uh, under John Calvin. And so, um, blessed be God for St. Francis de Sales, 70,000 uh, Calvinists returned to the Catholic Church because of the tracts T-R-A-C-T-S, of this man. And so they were all put together in a book called Controversies, which is published today. You can get it anywhere. Um, and I have the book. I've never totally read through it, but but that's what the only thing I knew St. Francis de Sales for. Um, so I read Introduction to the Devout Life. Now again, I had been a Protestant for 18 years from my Jewish background. I had been a Catholic for 10 years. That's 28 years. And I said, Introduction to the Devout Life. I don't think I need an introduction. 
Um, but you know what? I'll take a look. And if I don't need it, I'll choose something else. Well, I started reading the book and never put it down till I finished. And then I said, okay, what else has this man written? And I got a hold of, um, treatise of treatise of love treatise on love, I think. And it is kind of 12 little books or little tracks to put together. And, I loved it more than Introduction to the Devout Life. And I said, what else has this man written? And I read nine books in a row and fell in love with St. Francis de Sales. So one day, it was the Friday before I was on my way to speak at a, actually a Hebrew Catholic conference in Florida. And it was a Wednesday. I think I was leaving Friday, two days before was Wednesday. <clears throat> and I got up in the morning, got on my knees before my bed. I was so excited about using my knees. I never used them as a Protestant, so I not to pray. So I got on my knees, and I said, uh, Blessed Mother, I'm not quite sure how this communion of saints thing works. <laughs> I understood the doctrine somewhat, but... I've never talked to saints. I said, I'm not sure quite how this communion of saints thing works, but um, if, 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 if you could um, uh, arrange it that St. Francis de Sales would be my spiritual director from heaven, I would really love it. Thank you so much, Blessed Mother. And I said, that's it. And I got up and got dressed and went to work. And I left for the conference Friday and gave a talk Saturday afternoon. And Bob Monahan of Inside the Vatican magazine, the editor, it's a wonderful magazine, by the way, if you don't know of it, I highly recommend it. Bob Monahan of um, Inside the Vatican magazine, he was the MC for the conference. They had uh, maybe six speakers. And it was my turn to speak. And we first met, we had talked and emailed, but we hadn't met. So we met, he said, hi, Roz, Rosalind Moss, my given name at the time. Hi, Roz, I'm Bob. I said, hi, Bob, I'm Roz. He said, what should I say about you? He's walking me up to the podium to introduce me. And I said, what are you asking me now? We have 10 seconds. He said, uh, well, just tell me something. I said, read the bio. It's in the brochure. He said, no, I want something interesting. I said, I can't think of anything interesting. He said, well, uh, who's your favorite saint? And I said, I don't have one. And then I thought of St. Francis de Sales, and I said, I think I do. And I said, all right, St. Francis de Sales and Edith Stein. And he said, why? I said, because they love God. They have the heart, the mind of God. They love the church. And I said, if St. Francis de Sales were alive today, I'd get on a plane and fly to Geneva and sit at his feet. Now, of course, he had been dead for 400 years, but so what? Um, so Bob got up there to introduce me and he said, I just asked Roz who her favorite saint was and she said this and this and um, uh, Stein for Francis Sales and she would sit at his feet, here's Roz. That was the whole introduction. I couldn't believe it. My talk was on the Eucharist so I didn't follow that up. I didn't say a thing. And the next morning, oh, you're not going to believe what happened unless you come back after the break. Ha <laughs> ha, fooled you. No, I didn't. We have shorter breaks now, so I, um, shorter time between breaks. I didn't know the timing of it. So I will finish the story as soon as we come back. I promise you. And then we'll take your calls and your emails and your uh, texts uh, after the second break. Okay. God bless you. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, and we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Many conversions come about after people tune in to Catholic Radio in the privacy of their own cars. Help give them this opportunity by displaying a Catholic Radio bumper magnet on your vehicle. We offer free bumper magnets to promote Catholic Radio so others will come to know our Lord through listening. For your free bumper magnets, click the Promote tab at the top of our website, thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Then click the Promote tab at the top of our website. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio wherever your journeys take you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am she and you are you. And I'm happy to be here with you. And please, this after the second break, we'll have a whole half hour to ourselves and you are able to call in or you're welcome to call in. I invite you to call in with anything on your heart. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. It never has to be what we're speaking about. And so I, I also invite um, uh, first-time callers from Holy Family Radio in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We're so happy you're with us. And so we'll take your calls after the next break. The toll-free number, if you'd like to make note of it, is one 511 5483 or you can email at com, and you can text at that toll-free number as well. And just before the break, I was telling you how I came to know St. Francis de Sales uh, 10 years after I was Catholic, um, and um, and I read nine books of his, and I asked the Blessed Mother if it was possible to arrange it, that he would be my spiritual director from heaven. And I had a, a very, very wonderful holy priest spiritual director on earth but um, this wasn't to replace him but I just wanted to know and and somehow have St. Francis de Sales with me so I asked the Blessed Mother to do that uh, on a Wednesday on a Friday I flew down to Florida to speak at a conference on Saturday and Bob Monahan, the uh, MC of the conference um, asked me who my favorite saint was and I said St. Francis de Sales Anita Stein and he said, why? I said, because they love God. They have the mind of the church. 
and of St. Francis de Sales were alive today, I would fly to Geneva and sit on sit at his feet. And when Bob introduced me, he, that's all he said. I just asked Roz, who, who's Roz? I don't know. But I just asked Roz, Rosalind, my given name, who her favorite saint was. And she said, Edith Stein and St. Francis de Sales, because this, this, and she'd fly to Geneva and sit at his feet. Here's Roz. That was the whole thing. That was a very quick summary. So I got up and gave my talk, which was on the Eucharist, and I mentioned nothing of that at all. The next morning, Sunday morning, a young gal, I'm guessing in her 30s, came to me with a book. And she said, the title of the book is Spiritual Combat by um, Lorenzo Scapoli, Dom, D-O-M for uh, father, Lorenzo Scapoli. Um, I think it's C-S-C-A-P-O-L-I, Scapoli, and uh, titled Spiritual Combat. She said, I'm wondering if you've seen this book. I said, I have seen it, but I've never read it. She wanted to give me her copy. I said, no, you're in the middle of it. I'll get a copy. I said, just let me take a look. So I looked at the back cover. Are you listening? And the back cover said, this was St. Francis de Sales' favorite book. He carried it in his pocket for eight years, and he gave it to every one of his spiritual directees. I just was ecstatic. I, I was so happy. I said, he took me on. Yes, I was so happy. And by the way, if you're looking for spiritual direction, um, I personally think Saint, you, you can hardly beat St. Francis de Sales and that book. It is an amazing book written in the 1500s. Adam Lorenzo Scapoli, Spiritual Combat, C-O-M-B-A-T. It's all over the place. It's been republished. Um, you can get a copy of it. I would urge you, uh, one one copy that uh, someone had, I looked at it, and it's all been modernized to modern language. It's good, but it's lost the depth and the impact of the original. So if you can get the original copy, an older copy, um, I would I would urge that. Um, I just couldn't believe it that he would take me on. And then, of all things, um, I got an email. I, then I was looking into religious life after that, and I was looking where I could spend my novitiate. And I got an email from the superior of the very visitation order he founded, and it was the uh, Tiringham in Massachusetts branch of that because it was founded in Annecy, France, and the. Um, the Visitation Sisters of Holy Mary in Tiringham, Massachusetts, um, the woman who became superior, she called me. No, she didn't. She emailed me. And she had just read my story of my dream to uh, have an order of sisters. I didn't do, hadn't had it done yet. Um, an order of sisters that would restore the hemline to the floor and the habit to the world. And she said, we just read your story in our refectory. And she emailed me. And I, I tell you, she didn't know that I was looking at religious life or uh, that I needed a novitiate. And that's where I spent my novitiate. St. Francis de Sales indeed became my spirit director from heaven. I, I've never been more thrilled about any saint. I want to tell you that. So he was my only saint, my only patron when we started. Um, uh, it wasn't St. Benedict. I didn't even know about St. Benedict, but I believe St. Francis 
led me to St. Benedict, just as he led me to choose him. And um, that's what the superior said to me. She said, oh, you didn't choose him. He chose you. The saints choose us. Isn't that a happiness? Oh, so happy. Um, And so... um, Uh, I began, and this began, and I took my one-year cloistered novitiate with them. They are just beautiful. Um, uh, They made me promise that my my daughters would be their their nieces, their spiritual nieces. It's just truly, truly beautiful. Pray for them, and for many holy vocations. Um, They're in Toledo, Ohio. They're in Alabama. Um, uh, Oh, I can't think of at the moment where else in the United States. But um, uh, I think Tiringham and I think Toledo um, and Tiringham are the two largest communities uh, in the United States. And you know what? I um, all that happened in uh, January, in January of 1998, and in June of that year, I. No, no, I'm wrong. It was um, 2009. In June of that year, um, oh, I'm I'm getting really mixed up on on the year of it. Let's see, 2005. I don't know. I, I the 2000 someplace. But in June of 2009, I had the opportunity uh, to l- depart for the visitation order of Holy Mary for my year's novitiate. So I went at the end of June of 2009, and 2009 became, I was the beginning of the fourth century, the the centenary, uh, 400 years rather, centenary, 400 years of their existence. And they were celebrating the entire year leading up to 2010, uh, all over the world. And the order, the Turingham uh, branch, who I went to be with, I went to them, and within a week I was off to France with them. And guess what I did? I sat, I took a plane with them to Geneva and sat at the feet of St. Francis de Sales. Saint-François de Sales in Annecy, France. And he is buried with Jane de Chantal, two tombs in the convent in Annecy. And I sat there and I kept visiting him. It's a fairy tale. I'm telling you it's a fairy tale. It's so, so beautiful. And St. Francis de Sales has written many things. Lent is coming up. And if you wish good reading for Lent... You can get St. Francis de Sales' sermons on Lent. It's the sermons he gave to the sisters of Saint Fra- of, uh, of uh, the Visitation. And so um, he has books, the sermons for Advent and Christmas, um, the sermons on Our Blessed Lady, um, and I can't think of others at the moment, but he's he's written numbers of books, and numbers of books um, have been put together on his writings. Uh, my favorite is The Spirit of St. Francis de Sales, written by Bishop Belay, 
who uh, Camus, C-A-M-U-S, who he discipled, a bishop in his day, who Bishop St. Francis de Sales discipled. It's a beautiful book. I started reading it um, a couple of years over the radio, and it was all torn to pieces. And I mentioned that one day, the pages are all over the place, because it's been read and reread. And one lovely soul, I'm not even sure if I, if I have her name or if I ever wrote you a thank you, but if you are listening, uh, she sent me a brand new book. So uh, the spirit of St. Francis de Sales. So I thank you with all my heart. Um, and if it's God's providence that you're listening, that would be doubly wonderful. So of the many books he's written, the sisters of uh, the Visitation, Put to, oh, they're also in St. Louis. I just thought about this because this is published by the Sisters, the Monastery, the Visitation in St. Louis. Put together um, 10 of his councils, and they're called the Golden Councils. Excuse me. His gems from all his writing, his greatest gems that have helped the most people and that are just absolute gems. And it's called the Golden Councils. I'm going to show this to you. I don't know if you can see it. The Golden Councils, St. Francis de Sales. It's been republished in, in a, with a color cover and bigger and larger type. I can't find the larger type book that we have right now. I might have given them all away. I give these kinds of things to our sisters here as Christmas gifts, feast day gifts, lots of things like this. It's so rich. And I think I gave them all away. But we have the smaller books. And um, we have some extra. If anybody would like to uh, have one, um, I'll be happy to put put them in the mail to you. Um, I don't even know the cost. Maybe just you can help with postage if you want, but it doesn't matter if you ask for it. I'll put it in the mail. I, I might have a dozen left. I'm not sure. Um, but you can get them online as well. You'll probably get the new version online, the larger print. Um, and I'm going to read his first one, and it's on peace. We probably, we won't have any time for more than that this morning. And you see how small the book is? That's it. It's very small, and the, these little councils are um, anywhere from a half a page to two and a half pages. They're, they're short. And the first one is peace. And if you're a, um, a fan of St. Francis de Sales, you probably know some of these writings, but these are excerpts from his writings. And this one begins this way. Do not look forward to the mishaps of this life with anxiety, but await them with perfect confidence. So when they do occur, God to whom you belong will deliver them, will deliver you from them. He has kept you up to the present Remain securely in the hand of his providence, and he will help you in all situations. When you cannot walk, he will carry you. Do not think about what will happen tomorrow. For the same eternal Father who takes care of you today will look out for you tomorrow and always. Either he will keep you from evil, or he will give you invincible courage to endure it. Oh, we're going to continue this tomorrow. It's just too rich. Um, call in, beloved, with anything on your heart if you wish. Uh, toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. 
Users of iCatholic Radio are leaving inspiring reviews in the iTunes and Google Play stores. Margie says, My go-to app. I love this channel. I can listen while busy around the house or driving in the car. I love the variety of programs. Keep up the good work. Michaela from New Zealand says, I love this app. I have it on Bluetooth and my car radio and listen to it all day, every day, and am encouraged in my Catholic faith. I would recommend this to the world, whether Christian or not, because it speaks to all people to become better people. I am now a huge follower of the American Catholic way of life because it's very similar to the way I was brought up in Fiji. The priests on the station are very straightforward, but are very understanding toward the audience at the same time. Love it, love it, love it. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, we'd love to hear from you. Visit our page at the iTunes or Google Play Store. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live, and I'm delighted to hear from you. Uh, we have a call from Eric in Syracuse. Hello, Eric. Hello, Mother. How are you today? I am terrific. I'm. Can you tell how happy I am? I love St. Francis de Sales. I was listening uh, before, <laughs> I, before I came on the radio. And okay. I, I can hear that. And uh, I actually wanted to call, well, I wanted to call and ask a question. One of the reasons I wanted to call you. Yeah, you faded out, Eric. Are you uh, in, talking into your phone somehow? I am talking into my this phone. This is better. This is great. I'm hearing me. No, but now it's perfect. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was just saying um, to the call screener that um, I emailed you about a year ago when I was mm-hmm. considering coming into the Catholic faith, and you were the first Catholic that I actually told about my desire to come in. Wow, I didn't and know how. And it kind of started me on a journey that, that, that put me to the point where I'm in RCAA right now, so... Blessed uh, be God forever. For we need to ring a thousand bells. God bless you. I hope it's a very good RCIA class. I think so. I think oh, so. I, it's kind of a long story, but the, God essentially put me in touch with this priest, and I think it was for my for my good because uh, I tend to try not to like listen to things that I don't like, but by the fact that I was put into touch 
with him kind of outside of my control, it, it kind of inclines me to listen to him because I, I have to remember that, you know, I'm not in charge. Oh, you're, you're wanted to, music to me. Go ahead. <laughs> I wanted to call, I wanted to ask you a question because um, one of the things that I'm dealing with is my wife is um, very opposed to Catholicism because mm-hmm. she has unfortunately had some very um, poor experiences with the church. Mm-hmm. And so she has been in some in many ways struggling with the journey that I've been on. And I remember when I talked to you, uh, when I emailed you last year about it, it was it was a similar issue. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, I was Methodist, and we were going to the Methodist church. And you recommended that we continue to take the kids there um, for the sake of preserving the marriage, which is kind of what we've we've done. Mm-hmm. She has since stopped going to that church, and um, throughout the process, there's been a, a pretty big wedge that's kind of come between us. And one of the major um, factors has been the issue of contraception. Um, Um, I have tried to explain natural family planning to her. I've tried to explain the church's teaching to her. She's not ready to listen right now. She's not even willing to consider it. So I have since softened my stance on that. And unfortunately, she is currently on the pill. and, um, And I have been having relations with her because... I I want to preserve the marriage, and I want her to eventually. I want to make sure that I'm still in a position where I can eventually bring her back, if God moves in her heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to have helped the the problem. But obviously, I also don't want to lead her into error, and I don't want this to become something um, something long term that that just essentially is keeps her from coming into the full knowledge of the truth. Mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. sure that there are many more people struggling with this same problem. So oh, I'm just curious what you, what advice you would give to a husband or to a wife who is uh, trying to maintain the unity of the marriage and trying to preach the truth, but is, is dealing with a spouse who just currently isn't ready to, to listen to that truth and isn't really ready to accept it. Is your wife going to any church right now? Uh, no, she's not. So you, what are you doing on Sunday, and what are the children doing? So I take them to the Methodist church on Sunday. Unfortunately, the way that my work schedule is, is I'm not able to, I'm not able to attend every week because I actually work a 12-hour day, and there's no masses available during the time that I'm working. And unfortunately, I work in law enforcement. So including the Saturday night? Including the Saturday night. I do end up catching the second half of Mass on, on Saturday nights because there happens to be one nearby that mm-hmm. starts at 6.30. Okay. So I end up leaving work at 7 and rushing out, and thankfully I usually get there just before the consecration. Oh, that's um, great. And okay. That's, and that's 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 what I'm doing to try and 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 make it. But I'm not able to take my children to church every Sunday. How old are they? How old are they, Eric? Um, children. I got a three. Yep, I got a three-year-old girl and a one-year-old boy. Oh wow! And what does your wife say about her not going to church? Does she say, "I'm sorry to slow this answer down, but I just wanted to have a a deeper understanding of the situation." Um, mm-hmm. What does she say about not even going about? to the Methodist church? Is she angry? Does she turn from God? Does she say she doesn't believe anymore? Well, I think part of the problem has been, like I said, she's really struggled with this journey. Um, she used to come with me, um, but since I, like I said, have moved, 
moved into the Catholic Church, and I have told her some of the Catholic teachings, um, and in all fairness, probably not in the most charitable way, but have tried to live the Catholic life and have tried to um, uh, mm-hmm. convince her to come with me to a doctor to see natural to see about natural family planning to try and do all that stuff. Um, she has essentially interpreted that to be me forcing my belief system onto her. Oh, she would. And no question. So I think, mm-hmm. and I think that unfortunately that that wedge right there has caused her to almost see any kind of Christianity and and to see any kind of belief in in God as as immoral or I don't want to say wrong, but it, it essentially turned her off from going to church. And that's All one right. of the reasons, like I said, I, I've kind of, I, I'm trying to find a way that I can witness to her without driving her away and yet mm-hmm. witness to the truth. Right. This is a rough situation as you're, as you're describing it, of course, Eric. Um, when you married, had she been raised in the Methodist Church or in Christianity? Do you think she had a faith? Uh, I would say probably not. She okay. uh, was baptized, but I mm-hmm. don't think she went to church and, and Sunday school or okay, anything well, growing up. I see, think that a lot of that Christianity is new to her, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the, the issue, because she doesn't have faith, and she doesn't understand, really, uh, Christianity and who God is in that way. And so this is, uh, I understand what you're saying. Um, well... Um, Eric, there's, there's, uh, there's two things you can do. Um, the number one thing, number one, don't talk about God. Don't talk about Christianity. Don't talk about Catholicism. No conversation anymore. Um, your wife needs to know that you trust God brought you together and that if she believes in God and, and becomes Catholic, you will not love her any more than you love her now. And if she mm-hmm. refuses the whole thing, you will not love her less. She needs to know that God is not, has, God hasn't replaced her. And your zeal for what you're learning hasn't replaced her. So she's not second in your life. It, it, if she understood... She'd be thrilled that you love God more because that means you would love her more, but she doesn't understand that. So I would put away all talk of God, um, all of it, if you can, and I would become the best, most attentive, sincerely, of course, loving husband you can possibly be. And it's not about you, it's about her. And so, and your life together. And so I would do that as much as you can, come home from church and hug her and say, how you doing, honey, and all of that, all of that. Uh, and let God lead her. Let God lead her by your witness. I've, I've often um, talked about a, a book written by a man who said why I became Catholic. He was an atheist. He didn't want any Catholic stuff around the house. No talk of Catholicism. No talk of God. His wife is, was, she died, Elizabeth Lasseur. She kept a diary, and she honored him. She respected him. She went to church, but that's the end of it. She made no fuss, but she lived her faith completely without a word. 
and um, and after she died, he found her diary and read it. He not only became Catholic, but he became a priest. It's quite something. I think it's um, in Timothy that St. Paul writes to women that they can win their husbands by their chaste and wonderful life without a word. So that's the first thing. The contraception is is a real, real problem. I could never advise uh, that we do evil in order that good may come. And uh, contraception is a grave evil. And uh, it's not just her that's doing it, it's you as well. If she's on the pill and you two are intimate and a baby is... uh, aborted through that process, which neither of you will know, um, you're equally responsible for that. Um, I I would never, ever advise that you continue to do that so that your marriage stays together because what's happening it many many people may disagree with me and I'm I'm thinking this through very carefully as I'm speaking with you but it it is saying that you need to be in control of her heart and keeping the marriage together instead of God being in control of that so you're committing an evil just to walk on tiptoe you know and and to have her not pack up and leave um then you're living in sin in that way, although that's not the heart of you. It's not your heart, but it's the action um, because you want to make sure the marriage doesn't break up. Um, on a human level, it's understood, but it, what you're doing is saying, God, uh, I can't follow your law right now because it'll break my marriage up and I have to be in control of keeping it together because, God, you're not in control. You can't do it. See what I mean? And you're not saying those words, but that's, in effect, what happens. So um, there are marriages who... I I know one very close to me that broke up because of this, and the wife left. I know that. Um, But we have to put God first. And uh, the problem is that you, you really pretty much married an unbeliever. Um, but she was baptized. I'm not saying you did wrong, but um, I think you have received enormous grace from God, not only to believe, but now to look into the full measure of Christianity and be an RCIA. Um, I would say you need to follow the Catholic teachings. You could say, well, maybe I'll wait till I enter the Catholic Church. You can but you're still living in sin. Sin is sin, not based on whether we're Catholic or not, right? So um, there's, a, there's a book, Eric, um, called, uh, do you know it, The Bible and Birth Control? It's called I The Bible. I can't say I've heard of it. Well, I would look it up and get it because mm-hmm. the entire back cover has quotes on birth control, and anybody reading that p- cover would say it's a Catholic book. There's no question. I'm not interested. But they're completely Protestant quotes. It's all Protestant. The Bible, and it's scripturally based. The Bible and birth control. And so um, uh, I would I would suggest that might be a help to you. But it's very difficult. But if one day you came to your wife and say, sweetheart, we certainly don't have the same faith and even if we did there are degrees of faith it, it's we can never blame anybody for for their faith or for their lack of it because faith is a gift sweetheart it's an absolute gift but but one thing you could tell her that you must do um, 
because you do believe in God, is follow him. You need to follow him. If it meant your death, you need to follow him because he's God. And if we treat one another based on our own judgment of circumstances rather than honor God, we are the only way to be in heaven is to follow God. And if we submit to one another in sinful, what God says is sinful, then we lose God. We're on our own path, and that's not heaven. So you've got to be as gentle as you can. Um, Say, I'm not asking you to become Catholic, sweetheart, but I, we need to give each other the freedom to follow God or not. And I have been given the grace of this belief. I could be wrong, but as long as I live, I need to follow it. And it's very hard. If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download to your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community, connect with us through social media, and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is the last segment of our program. You're free to call in with anything on your heart. We were speaking with Eric in Syracuse. Eric, would, uh, is Eric still on the line? Hello? Hey, I'm still here. I, wow. I'm still here. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't say hold on. I wasn't answer. sure, sweetheart. You know, I, I, I'm going to think about this a long time because someone some years ago was in your situation and went to a priest and the priest said to him, 
Uh, don't break up your marriage. Just continue because your wife's not going to understand. God will understand. Don't worry about it. Now, is he right? Am I right? God knows. But when we know what is right, personally, Eric, to go against that is to go against God. And not to be legal. I'm not being legalistic. But um, God has provided us another way. And if if our spouse doesn't understand it, is not willing to look into it, all of that, um, it doesn't mean we do evil that good may come. You see? Right. So it's very, very difficult. Um, if you can get that book, um, and uh, if you have a, again? Um, The Bible and Birth Control. The Bible and Birth Control. Okay. In fact, let me just tell you this, that um, there's a couple... A dear friends of mine with uh, eight children, well, they had seven at the time, and I was looking into the Catholic Church, and I wasn't Catholic yet, and they were from my evangelical Protestant church, and sick that I was looking into the Catholic Church, they couldn't believe it. And so um, they were talking about, he was looking into having a vasectomy, because they already had seven children, so I desperately wanted to prevent that. And so I spoke to him about it. And then I gave him the book, Bible and birth control, the fervent Protestants. And he was a fallen away Catholic and became a, uh, an evangelical. Um, and she was a Methodist by the way, and she became a, an evangelical and the two of them. Um, uh, so I, I was talking to them and I found this book, the Bible and birth control. Now they're still both Protestant and they both read it because we're dear to each other. And I said, would you do this for me? And they said, yep, we'll do it. So they read it. It completely, as Protestants, it completely convinced them to never use contraception again. And um, I spoke to them about natural family planning, keep record of your cycle. And they said, no, we don't want it. We want to trust God completely. We're not going to even do that. And you know, they had one baby, and the wife's life would be in danger. The doctor said, you, you shouldn't get pregnant. She had one more child, and she was it was the best pregnant she ever had, a little boy. And then um, the doctor said, now you have to do this. You can't get pregnant again. They never used NFP. They never used birth control, and she never got pregnant again amazing god was in control and by the way they both became catholic so blessed be god but um this is while they were protestant that book convinced them because they really loved god so i hope it's helpful eric take it to prayer and go to our lady and ask her to keep the heart of your wife and and to lead you okay thank you for the advice okay eric god bless you my brother we had a call, um, yes, I'll go on now, to a Jean in Bedford, uh, and Jean left a message offline just at the end of the program yesterday, um, uh, wanting to let me know that Pope Francis's Amazon exhortation uh, came out yesterday, and she says it was positive. He is not calling for abolishing celibacy. So yes, if anybody would like the results of that Amazon Synod, it it was the entire thing, I think 111 paragraphs, was made public yesterday. And um, uh, let's see, and uh, and some of the things that we were fearing, uh, priestly, um, uh, the end of priestly celibacy didn't happen, that priests could marry didn't happen, that women can become deacons didn't happen. You know, so... 
we have a breather on that. I think it's a breather. I, uh, there were others that came out, cardinals and priests, and said the, the matters are not ended yet. But um, at least uh, it, 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 it wasn't what we feared. So blessed be God for that. Um, <clears throat> we have a call from Barbara in Niagara Falls. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Mother. How are you? I'm terrific. And you? I'm great, thanks. I'm glad. What's your question, dear one? It's not really a question. It's really a comment in response to the um, the husband who you were on with. The Eric, caller. uh-huh. Uh, Eric. Okay, I hope he's still listening. Um, but my heart really goes out to him, and yes. I appreciate your hearing to him. But I just wanted to comment to say if he could learn about... One of the reasons the church does not promote contraception is because that birth control pill is an aborted fashion. That's right. I and did bring that up. I did bring it up, not extensively, but I did, yes. Well, I think that maybe this could be the key point of which he could explain to his wife. Excellent. And if he could learn about why the church doesn't approve of that pill is because it is a board of fashion. If he could learn and articulate to her medically that the the baby has been conceived, but that pill puts a chemical to her uterine lining, so now that conceived egg cannot attach. Attach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's already conceived. And so that's why it's an abortive fashion. And maybe if he could explain that. If there's a conception. That, right. That very that, good, wow. Barbara. Very, very oh, good. Eric, dear one, if you're listening, Barbara's a, a dear sister because um, if we really understand the process, phys- many women, many people, I didn't understand the process of birth, what happens from the moment the sperm and the egg come together and, and, and go through everything. And if there are diagrams, there are videos on what happens with the pill. And if you could say, honey, forget faith. Let's pretend we're both atheists, all right? And, and take her through that get the best presentation you can and sit down and say, sweetheart, let's just not even talk about God right now, even though I think we both agree he's the creator of life, but let's, let's go through this. And it, it doesn't have anything to do with religion. This is what happens. Now, it only has to do with religion if we think that murder is wrong, you know, that when we cause a baby uh, to be uh, the natural um, a product of, of um of intimacy is conception, if God so grants it, and that um, and that we we kill that product, you know, uh, Eric. I think that's very very good. So Barbara, bless you for calling in and helping Eric, and probably other people that are on the pill and going through this. And I said yesterday, if a um, if a woman needs to go on the pill for medical reasons, um then the intimacy between husband and wife needs to uh, cease during that time, even if it's a year or two. It needs to cease during that time. Uh, I can't help it. I must take the pill because I have this condition. Yes, but then you must not be intimate. There's no excuse for killing a child uh, because of our illness or anything else. So 
Um, that's very good. That's very good. Okay, so Eric, I'd certainly, you know, wait a while, love your wife, uh, give her a breather, and then uh, find the best way to sit down with her. Okay, God bless you. Um, that's the ending music. The programs go so fast, probably because I talk too long, but they go so fast. But I love being with you. And um, we've got a text from Addie. You'll be up first thing tomorrow, Addie. God bless all of you, and we'll speak with you tomorrow.